Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, Homeschool Life Coach at Capturing the Charmed Life. I'm dedicating this season of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast to the overwhelmed homeschool mama, because you'd rather be clear, confident, and satisfied in your homeschool and your life, not overwhelmed. This season is for you if you know that the way you did homeschool last year wasn't the way that you want to homeschool. This season is for you if you have an inkling that your expectations of your kids are unrealistic. This season is for you if you know that you're also unrealistic of yourself, that you should be perfectly showing up every day, not experiencing all the big emotions and also the unrealistic expectations that you can do everything all the time. So if this is you, welcome Homeschool Mama. On today's episode, we're going to discuss unrealistic expectations in our homeschools. Marissa shared her story around unrealistic expectations, and I have the privilege to share it with you. She shared this with me. I think de-schooling for me is about letting go of expectations, whether mine or society's or anyone else's. My first year of homeschooling, like most people, I think, I had all the curriculum for all the subjects and proceeded to school at home. We were all pretty miserable pretty fast. Yeah, I was there too. It just took me, I think, three years to finally accept it. Last year, our second year, I think we were really de-schooling whether I realized it or not. In the back of my head, there was certainly still a lot of worry about what we should be doing, but I really did try to let go and see what did work and what we did like to do, what type of things we gravitated to. I definitely learned a lot. My oldest son just wanted to be left alone, she said, to dive into whatever interested him in the moment. He hates being interrupted when he's in the zone. I know he's learned so much, all I have to do is talk to him, and it's astounding all the things he's mastered in the last two years. The de-schooling work for me there is not looking for those gaps. He doesn't need to know any certain thing at any certain time, in any certain order. I learned a lot about my second son, too. Even though he was kindergarten age, he desperately wanted to learn all the things his older brother, three years older, knew. He was not impressed with my hands-off school year. He wanted me to sit down with him, teach him something. He wanted to have something to show at the end of his days and I wasn't supplying him with the stimulation he thought he should be getting, so much so that he demanded I let him go to school where he could really learn something. He did choose to stay home for grade one, though, and I'm ready to engage him with a brave writer quill. Having two totally different kids and another one to boot does feel like more work, much more difficult. Two totally different styles that I have to try to make work day to day. But like you said... I don't think de-schooling will ever end. Traditional school is what I know, and so with homeschooling, I feel like I'm just making it up day by day, which leaves the door open for a lot of fear and self-doubt. Having a solid vision for a homeschool helps keep me grounded, though. You asked me the question a long time ago, and it stuck with me. Is how we're homeschooling working for us? And if not, it's okay to throw it out 
and start over a million times if we need to. This is our story. And she says, end ramble. But to me, that was gold. And I am so, so happy that she figured out that gold a whole lot faster than I did. We can have unrealistic expectations of ourselves, of our kids, of our homeschools, and in so many different ways. So today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. How to manage unrealistic expectations in our homeschool. Be realistic. That statement right there is unrealistic. Because we're homeschool moms. We have lofty ambitions for our kids for their educations, and for us. So how to manage them? To be realistic with what we can do. Because there is a lot expected of us. We expect things from us. Sometimes our kids do. Certainly culture does. But we can't do everything. We really can't. No, really, we can't. And no one is. Other people are doing some things, just as you will be when you honestly, kindly accept yourself as a normal human being that can only do so much. And that, I know, I know from personal experience, sometimes feels like it's not good enough. Yet still, we have to be realistic with what we can do. Might I recommend time blocking? That means writing down everything you actually do in a week. And yes, I know that means a lot of work for one week. But when you do that, you will come to understand that your expectation is that you can fill time in a day that doesn't exist. If you time block and decide, do you actually have time to do all the things you want to do and sleep and eat and exercise and whatever other really important non-negotiables are out there. Can you do all those things? The other thing we can be unrealistic about is that everyone will always get along. I wish it were true. And wouldn't it be nice if it was? If no one ever complained about the cool things you've planned for them, but they don't care about that no one ever bickered with each other. They just happily played alongside one another. Hmm, sounds good. They always appreciated their siblings. Recognize that they are creating childhood memories and lifetime friendships with these people. That wasn't your experience, that wasn't mine, and it ain't going to be our kids either. Everyone won't always get along. Some days, we have to accept this too. You will actually feel like your homeschool was hijacked. Maybe because of a surprise trip to emerge, a jarring phone call from afar, kids that just breathe fire as they pass each other in the hallway. There's always some reason why your homeschool won't always go smoothly. In fact, it even might feel like your day was hijacked. So we have to accept that not every day is going to feel as we'd like it to feel. And also, we have to come up with a plan to deal with that kind of day. One of the unrealistic expectations we have is that notion that we don't have to do anything for ourselves, or we don't have to attend to our own needs. The thing is, 
from one homeschool mama to another, you're a human being. And though I honor you as a superhuman being because I see all that you do, you're still a human being. You have an emotional atmosphere that needs to be attended to, not just your body. We have emotional reactions to those days that feel hijacked and also to the bickering or to maybe a child of ours that gets mistreated in the park or maybe getting cut off in traffic while we're driving to piano practice and we've had a stressful day because the kids wouldn't get to it and do the thing they needed to do so you could actually get out the car, out the door, into the car to go to piano practice. That emotional atmosphere, it needs to be attended to just as we would attend to our child getting mistreated at the park. So what is your plan to address your emotional atmosphere, not just your kids. I'm interrupting this episode to invite you to connect with me if you'd like someone to walk alongside you as you tackle a homeschool challenge or find out from somebody if your expectations really are unrealistic or if you know for sure that you have boundary challenges in your life and you're not quite sure how to tackle them, then you are welcome to connect with me. If you're a new homeschool mama or an established homeschool mama, I offer one-to-one coaching sessions, self-coaching courses, group coaching options, and self-coaching workbooks on all of these topics. And if you haven't yet downloaded the guide to grappling with overwhelm, you can find it all in the resource section over at my website, capturingthecharmlife.com. Now back to the episode. The thing about homeschooling, it is an educational alternative, but if you've done this long enough, you also know it's a lifestyle. We take the responsibility for our kids' education in the context of their homes, their communities. But that's not the only thing going on in our home. We have other relationships that need attending to as well. And sometimes... That discussion that you've been having with your partner about that thing or that issue, and it seems to be getting more agitating the more you discuss it, that issue needs to be settled. You need to decide what to do with it once and for all so you can have more energy, be more present with your kids instead of theoretically being with your kids right now, but feeling like you're actually over there with your partner. Maybe it's a relationship with your partner, but maybe it's a relationship with somebody else. Homeschool moms have relationships outside of their homeschooled kids, and all of the relationships need attending. These are a few of the reasons we have unrealistic expectations in our homeschools and our lives. And I haven't even mentioned that we sometimes expect everyone in our, in our community to support us in our homeschool decision. Or we expect that the hundreds or thousands of dollars that we purchased, the homeschool curriculum that we purchased in July or August is actually going to work for us. Or the many other things that you might put on your list when I say, do you have unrealistic expectations? Well, I'm going to tell you that from one homeschool mama to another, I feel like I am the queen of great expectations. You know, great expectations could be the theme for many new homeschoolers' hopes for their homeschools. 
There's a fairy tale we tell about our homeschools that gradually fades, though, when reality hits. The fairy tale of, oh, I don't know, the little girls in white dresses running in and out of the kitchen, going into the garden, playing in the garden, doing nature study, drawing things, enjoying poetry. I had that imaginary vision, that happily ever after notion when I first began homeschooling. I recognize that it will remain a fairy tale. I've learned that little girls in lacy white dresses get dirty, that mom does a lot of laundry. In the scrapbook, the kids are perfect. The memory's momentous. After the kids are tucked into bed at night, homeschooling is idyllic. Real life, though, and real parenting isn't a scrapbook montage. Homeschooling has been a similar reality check as my experience with parenting. There were definitely things I wasn't expecting. Here are my homeschool experiences via fairy tales. Cinderella, me, homeschool mom, keeps a constant handle on the broomstick, and though the hearth has been swept, it needs to be swept again and again. A friend recently said that she sweeps the kitchen 10 times a day. I don't, I don't actually know if she's serious. I hope not. <laughs> Somehow I imagined this would not be necessary now that we were all at home. I was definitely wrong. Reality check. When you live in the house most of the day, it most certainly is not tidier. Only sleeping beauty will claim enough slumber. Another unrealistic expectation of homeschool moms. We will get enough sleep. We're at home. We have really comfortable clothes, yoga pants to be specific, or joggers. The rest of us need to regulate our bedtimes, though. Sleeping beauty can claim that slumber, but we have little kids. And with inadequate sleep, I fumble with words, and I get irritable and edgy and unclear in my thoughts. And as per normal, my kids bicker and argue and fight over random things. Well, troubles will abound when mixed with early mornings and that kind of stuff. Short nights, impertinent kids, usually result in mountains that could have been mole hills. One of the things we can do to prevent unrealistic expectations is to create a consistent sleep routine. And also don't bring home any more babies, but that's a different point. You do you, have as many babies as you want, but create as much as you can a consistent sleep routine. I don't know who took care of Jack and Jill after they tumbled down the hill. But when someone is in my home and ill, I'm the caretaker, whether I'm as badly ill as anyone else. There was one morning after a sleepless night of illness that I got out of bed to do the paper route because we signed up for it and it had to be done. I was off to the minivan. I had my youngest, Zach, strapped into a toddler seat, handed him a bit of banana and boom, he puked everywhere. Our oldest daughter bathed and dressed him. I dismantled the newly installed car seat and gave it a bath. And then we strapped him in the seat, had the other three jump in and out of the minivan as we drove up and down the blocks to deliver the newspaper. Despite illness, the show still must go on. The lesson that we can learn from Jack and Jill is that sometimes we have to accept 
that things won't happen the way that we want them to happen. Homeschooling the entire journey is not exactly how we would have expected it, but the show still must go on. What do we learn from Snow White's seven dwarves? Well, Snow White's seven dwarves all required different attention. Attending to my older girls seems more immediate as they have special requests like learning to calculate the area of a parallelogram or translating their sewing pattern to real cloth and fabric. I try to rush through a math lesson because I overhear the toilet flush one day in the bathroom. Everyone of flushing age is right now in the room and I am presently inhabiting great patience. This is before I hear the toilet flush. I realized that my youngest, a toddler at the time, has a little bit too much time on his hands, so I have to create intentional time for the one that doesn't demand my time. I need to sit with him, read little mister books, or throw a ball back and forth. I need to do this whether he knows he needs that special time or not. Although our youngest kids have had the earliest exposure to all things academic, they require us to rejig our priorities so they get a one-on-one -on -one time. Is there a fairy tale that might address a mother figure that has a temper tantrum? I can imagine the old woman in the shoe doing so, but in illustrations, in book illustrations, she looks very, very happy. Now she's got a lot of kids and they're doing a lot of stuff. I don't know how an old woman living in a shoe with kids doing all sorts of stuff could be that happy, but I'm going to go with there must be one or a few. I've spent more time than I have ever imagined determining how to appropriately deal with my own frustrations because a child won't listen to me or someone whacks someone or you fill in the blank. I've heard many mothers say that they wouldn't homeschool because of that reason. They simply couldn't imagine spending that much time with their offspring dealing with this exact stuff. And that is an entirely understandable reason to me. If you haven't figured out how to interact with them, deal with their idiosyncrasies or your reactiveness, like how not to yell or how not to be unreasonable, the homeschooling lifestyle will definitely afford you the time. Unrealistic expectation is that you will always know how to deal with your big emotions. Actually, you won't. So you need to have a plan before you get started. Do you remember the princess that kisses the frog and finds out that he's just a frog? Well, that fairy tale can speak this to me. There was a moment when my daughter declared with frustration, I can't do this math problem if it isn't 11, if the answer isn't 11. You want to know what the question was? Eight plus four. What is a mother supposed to do? The answer can't be 11 just because she wants it to be. So how do I cleverly respond to that? Understanding what the child understands is essential. I can't just presume that she's going to understand me the first time either. This whole homeschooling thing, especially when I'm teaching something, teaching how to clean a toilet, teaching how to wash a dish, teaching how to add eight plus four, 
requires a whole lot of patience. And what better way to learn patience than to try and try and try again? So many opportunities as a homeschool mom. So how do I manage my unrealistic expectations of my child getting whatever I'm sharing with them in the moment? Expect them not to always get what I'm talking about the first time or the second time or the 12th time. Much like the beauty attempting to tame her beast, I expected I could make this happen. A pristine, pretty world, orderly, generally quiet, ongoing family harmony, and undisturbed happiness. Yeah, I really did. Could we say unrealistic? My actual reality? I get all of these things, but usually in no particular order, definitely without continuity, and most definitely with a handsome helping of disorder, dirt, and dysfunction. We all have expectations, but as Bell discovered, the exterior is never the full representation of the experience. These are the things that I've learned about my unrealistic expectations through fairy tales. No question, though, the homeschool life isn't a fairy tale, even if it's filled with loads of freedoms. Just like Marissa has learned that she needs to have a solid vision for her homeschool, that she has to ask herself, is homeschooling working for her? We need to look at our unrealistic expectations honestly and ask ourselves, what can we actually do? How are we actually handling this? Is our tangible day-to-day experience of our homeschool matching with how we're actually showing up in our homeschool? Thanks for joining me today. I'd love to hear your thoughts or questions, so head over to CapturingTheCharmLife.com and introduce yourself to me. If you're looking to enhance your homeschool community with other supportive, authentic homeschool moms who want to show up on purpose in their homeschools and lives, then you are invited to the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group. You can find that at patreon.com slash homeschoolmamaselfcare. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your homeschool family. Until next week, I hope that you and your homeschool kids can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.